On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery+. Plus. Where the West begins in Fort Worth, Texas, to around the globe. You are listening to Talk of the Night. And now, your host, Paranormal Phil. Thank you and good evening, good morning, wherever you may be around the world, around the globe, or even in your own backyard. I am Paranormal Phil. So please welcome to the show my guest, Justin Williams. Hey, Philip, how you doing? I am doing great. Just uh, ready for another week of shows. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I know you and I are going to have a, a great chat, and I know if people call in this evening, that's going to be excellent, too. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to be here with you this evening. Thank you. So t- tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you said a lot of it in the uh, in the introduction there. You know, I'm just a guy who has had some interesting life experiences. You know, um, I was born 44 years ago this year, and uh, I grew up in a home that was filled with a lot of chaos and confusion. And I say that because, first and foremost, my father, you know, my father was a a former Marine. He did four years in the Marines. He uh, actually enlisted when he was 16, which was back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was born in 1941. And uh, he, he went into the Marines because his mother got sick. My grandmother got sick and he had to support her and his younger brother. And uh, because of that, he, you know, missed out on a lot of his teenage years per se, you know, mm-hmm. but he did what he had to do at that time. And he faced a lot of trials and tribulations being in the service at that time. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different today than it was back then. But, yeah. uh, you know, you're talking, you know, the, the 1950s, this country was much different than it is today. So uh, he experienced a lot of racism in the military mm-hmm. uh, from his from his peers and, and uh, you know, the, the other guys, such as the sergeants and whatnot, the higher ranks. And uh, I say those two things because just to give you an initial uh, feeling, if you will, uh, or idea, you know, it, during this time, he began to have a lot of toxic toxic energy build up and, you know, series of things happened in his life after he got out of service mm-hmm. that uh, he never knew how to deal with. So he comes along and, you know, he and my mother meet and, you know, they marry, obviously, and, uh, you know, all hell broke loose, man. Uh, I know a few years after I was born, probably about three years old, he developed a really bad drinking habit and, uh, you know, all he learned in the military was, was how to keep, was uh, to, to kill. We called him how to kill. So, um, yeah. due to him, I experienced a lot of trauma, right? A lot of physical abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking like starting at three years old. You know, a lot of physical abuse mm-hmm. uh, and, and a lot of verbal, psychological abuse. Oh, and yeah. and that was that was worse than the physical abuse. You know, yeah. and his mantra was, "A child is to be seen and not heard." And he was very controlling, and I could not think for myself. 
Um, I couldn't, couldn't speak, you know, so I never knew how to communicate and express myself. And as you can imagine, this played a huge part in my life as a kid going to school, because by the way, grades one through 12, I went to 12 different schools. So I did a lot of moving around. It was a, uh, you know, a lot of restarts and, you know, having to make friends and, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, do that because of, of my, uh, my, my introvert nature. And, uh, fast forward to adult life, you know, I, uh, you know, that affected me and my relationships, you know, caused a lot of confusion and because of that trauma I experienced at the hands of my father that, that just, that messed me up, man. You know, I'm talking about having, you know, hot grease poured over my scalp in the middle of the wow. night where it burned my scalp so bad my hair never grew back. I'm talking about three years old running up to my dad and picking me up and slamming me down on the ground for no reason. I was just running up to him happy to see him because he just walked in for work. I'm talking about getting beat two times in my life for 30 minutes apiece causing welts and bruises the size of, of freaking oranges, sometimes soft uh, softballs. You know? So a lot of trauma, man. And, uh, fast forward to Adele, to 2020, right? Um, this is where I went through spiritual rebirth. It was the beginning of a spiritual rebirth. Um, I'm currently in the Phoenix area, but prior to Phoenix, I lived in San Diego for six years, originally from the metro Detroit area. Wife and I, family, we left Detroit, uh, Detroit area in 2012, headed to San Diego until 2018, now in the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I were, we've been on this journey, you know, spiritual journey, just seeking, we both were raised in the church. I went to church as a kid four or five times a four or five times a week. My wife went, went a lot as well. And we got to this point after several years of marriage, we, we started going to church again. We were seeking, you know, mm-hmm. we tried several different churches in the San Diego area. Never said well with us. Uh, we started learning about different religions online and studying their their religions. Nothing set well, so then we, we just kind of gave up and said, "Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll seek, we'll find something when the time is right." So I remember one day I was in my room. I came home from work. Frustrating day. Things in life weren't going well. I used to deal with a lot of anxiety, and all these personal problems, and uh, I asked the father. I said. You know, I want to know truth. And I, I heard Philip is audible. It's like you and I are having a conversation. Yeah. Nothing is as it seems. You know, I just heard that and it just resonated. It just, just went through my body, went through my heart, and it stuck with me. And this was like 2016. And starting then, I just became aware of a lot of information, right? Um, and that's... It's, <laughs> It's been life changing in 2020. I went through a, a spiritual experience, and uh, a lot of great things have come from that, such as my podcast, my nonprofit organization, of course, my book, uh, In the Eye of the Father, No More Faith and Redemption. So that's a little bit in a nutshell there, a big nutshell. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of, lot of in between, man. I have a lot of stories to share with you about uh, spirituality and supernatural and. Um, you know, like I said, nothing is as it seems in the paranormal, of course. So. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about uh, parents and stuff like that, and I mean, I don't think I had it as bad as you, but uh, my dad was born in the 1930s uh, during the Great Depression mm-hmm. um, wow. and uh, a small little town in West Texas. Uh, so, I mean, 
luckily I was born after his service days because he was in the military. So I had that straight upbringing, uh, the mental thing more than the physical, but I did have that physical. Uh, my dad was a heavy drinker, uh, but he was in the Navy. Um, but, um, I mean, my parents would have me go out, uh, me or my sister, if we got in trouble, go out and pick out a switch. And that was more mental than, um, the actual hitting mm-hmm. the, with a switch. Cause it's like, you go out there right. and be like, okay, that one, they'll send me back out here. That one will break my back. <laughs> I mean, it was just that mental, um, thought. I mean, he did not really have to use those. It was like, okay, that'll uh, keep me out of trouble, but never did. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. I know all about those switches, man. I, I used to have to get them, go out and get them too. But yeah, and then of course, uh, but I, I did my military service and never, um, I've never been married or had kids, so I don't, I never had to worry about that while I was out to sea and everything. But I did three years. My dad did 20 years. Um, nice. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, like I said, I can relate on some of the things that you've gone through. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you're, from Detroit and everything like that. Now, what was it like to make that change from uh, that area, the coldness and everything like that, to places like Southern California and now Arizona? Because, I mean, I'm from Southern California myself, uh, Riverside. So, Oh, Riverside. Okay. My son, my oldest son lives. He lives in, uh, he was in Marietta. But now he lives in Lake Elsinore, which isn't too far from Riverside. I yeah, think. I know the area. I, um lived before I moved to Texas. I lived down in uh homeland near Hemet. So <laughs> I know there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, you know, that's a great question, Philip. You know, uh, of course, you know, Michigan and Midwest, the winters are killer, right? Black ice mm-hmm. is the worst trying to drive in there. And I've, I've had some terrible experiences, but, um, though my wife and I didn't know each other, uh, when we were in high school, mm-hmm. you know, we both had always wanted to leave Michigan since since high school. Right? I just remember thinking back, you know, when I was a teenager and thinking, like, damn, man, I cannot wait to freaking leave this state, leave this weather, um, you know, and, and just the, the environment, right? And Metro Detroit mm-hmm. area is a very unique place. It's different than no other, you know. I mean, all cities are different, and you know, mm-hmm. to to a certain degree. But this, I mean, just the mindset of people there. So it's just a different type of town, right? Just a different yeah. type of town, area, whatever. Just we we want to to leave to you know to leave. But uh, you know, I, I left in uh, twenty or was it twenty twelve? Man, it, it was a pretty unique story. I had been out to California uh, a couple times. My brother, he lives in Southern California. Mm-hmm. He's been out there. Now he's been there for shit twenty plus years. And so I used to fly out to visit him a few times. And I, when I first did, you know, I think I was in my late teens, early 20s, I fell in love, man. It was just amazing, you know, the weather, the environment, the food. I'm a foodie, man, so the food is on point depending on where you go. Yeah. Um, and always something to do, you know, that, that attracted me, you know. And uh, so my wife and I in Michigan, we work for the same company. It's just a mobile diagnostic company, and... Uh, we were we took a trip to San Diego for our fifth year wedding anniversary. I had been to San Diego before; it was her first time, and she absolutely fell in love. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, this is this is no lie. On the plane coming back, she actually started to cry. She didn't want to leave. Yeah. You know, and I had to obviously comfort her and talk with her. You know, but uh, so we get back to Michigan, get back to work. We worked with, for the same employer, the same department, right? And uh, we were told, we were informed that we were going to be laid off. The entire department, in fact, they shut down the operations there. And they moved it to uh, to Columbus, Ohio. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery Plus. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery Plus. Right. Um, they, they gave us the option of, of move, you know, working moving to Ohio, Columbus area, and working for the new company, because what happened, the company got bought out a year earlier. And uh, being a Michigan guy, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not moving to Iowa. <laughs> you know, big Michigan, Ohio State uh, rivalry, you know, no, not happening. So I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, we just left California. We had always wanted to leave. We're going to do it. Now is the time to do it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, this was May, the second week, of, second week of May we got back from, uh, you know, from vacation. And uh, we were in San Diego living the first or second week of June, July, you know, through that entire month of, of June, man, we were flying back and forth, looking for a place to stay, doing interviews. My wife got hired over the phone. I had to file their interview with the company. I didn't hear from them until the, actually the day we left, got on the road to, to leave for, for San Diego. So, um, yeah, man, San Diego was great. A lot of great experiences out there. Um, that's kind of when my uh, spiritual journey took a took a slight pivot, mm-hmm. as I told you about earlier. You yeah. know, in regards to wanting to know truth and being told nothing is as it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego was good, man, uh, really good. In fact, I miss it from time yeah. to time. But yeah. uh, things changed, man. And uh, it was August of 2018. You know, uh, the sunshine tax got crazy in Southern California. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were doing doing pretty good the first three years or so, but then the cost of living just just got started to skyrocket. And then my wife, she worked for a company, and she started applying for jobs. And uh, come to find out, the company she worked for had an open position in the uh, in the Phoenix area. So her boss encouraged her to apply, and uh, you know, she did got the position. And uh, I got a position as well, working for a company. In fact, I moved out here before they did. I moved out in late August. They didn't, they didn't follow me until uh, about a month later. You know, because my my job started um, a lot sooner than hers. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, we've been in Phoenix, and Phoenix has been this rebirth, right? Uh, it was mm-hmm. tough the first year, but we've been here, and it's been this rebirth. And 
you know, I've changed, uh, you know, practicing spirituality and all the experiences I've had, and, and life is much different. Mm-hmm. And my wife is going through a lot of change as well. And uh, we, have, we have kids, you know, we have three children. Uh, oldest is 24, and my son, and then my next son is 13, my daughter is uh, 10. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, life is good, man, you know. It's much better than before. Before I went through this rebirth as such, because yeah. before, like I said, I used to deal with a lot, of, a lot of anxiety, man, a lot of worry, a lot of fear, and mm-hmm. I just let all that stuff go, Philip. And uh, life is amazing now, man. I mean, it's my my the perfect story of my life, man. And we yeah. all have our perfect stories because it's personal, right? But uh, I just I look at things differently now. Yeah, of course. Like the veil oh. has been lifted, as they say. The veil has been lifted. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the, about the only thing I miss about Southern California is the weather. Cause I mean, in the springtime, you could go skiing in the morning and the beach in the afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's about all I miss of it. The high prices, uh, all that stuff, the uh, hard times of living and everything like that, that I just could not do. I mean, I was working at a small amusement park trying to make ends meet, uh, kind of couch surfing after my parents died and everything because my mom was the last to die and I took care of her for about six years before everything just started going downhill and stuff like that and I was trying to make ends meet and everything like that and then in 2018 I said I can't do this no more I can't work uh, for this little pay even though I love the job I love scaring the heck out of people on rides uh, scaring people is my thing, <laughs> but I mean, no matter right, how much right. I scared them, they always came back to find out what I was going to say next. Um, so I had a following and everything like that, but just for the pay that I was making, I could not make ends meet in the California financial climate. So in two thousand uh, February, 2018, I said, I've always wanted to live in Texas. My dad's from Texas. I grew up that cowboy lifestyle, even growing up in the city. Uh, so I said, I'm going to go to Texas. And I made the choice. I I didn't have very much with me. I had gotten a little over $1,000 for my tax refund. And I said, I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to make it there. And I'm not coming back <laughs> unless it's for a visit. Good for you. So I took that right, thousand. part of Texas. Uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth, all right. Yeah, and I, so I flew out, um, and I spent five days in a hotel and trying to get housing with the VA and um, other things set up in a job, and I could not do it after five days, so I ended up having to go down to the homeless shelter for the veterans. And I stayed for three months and until I could build up stuff to get a job and everything like that. And there was different organizations that helped me out in housing and stuff like that. And since then, I've uh, had my struggles, but I'm making it um, and everything like that. And I just took that chance and said, I want a better life for myself. I know what I want. I want the country life, uh, which you can't really get out in California unless you're out in the desert. And that's not really country life, but, <laughs> um, right, right, right. 
but um, or move up towards Northern California where there's a little more open space, and even then it's high prices there. So I was like, right. I'm gonna move to Fort Worth because I love the Old West and everything, the history of it. I love the uh, Civil War history, stuff like that, but mainly the Old West history. And I was like, I got family in Fort Worth, and of course they never uh, helped me out. But um, I was like, Fort Worth is the place I want to be, and I was like, that's where mm-hmm. I'm moving. I like it. And I like it. I like it. I love that story, man. Love that story. Yeah, and it, like I said, I, I'm still working on getting property out in the country, which hopefully later this year. Um, <laughs> I will get, but uh, right now I'm still stuck in the city. It's like I'd rather be out in the country. <laughs> but yeah, yeah to, to come from a place that I lived in a gang neighborhood to um, coming to a place like Fort Worth where it's a little more down home friendly and everything like that, and people are nice. I mean, you still got the jerks, but uh, but more open and friendly and stuff like that. Really wasn't a shock or anything, but it was refreshing. That's good, man. That's good. I, like I said, I love your story, man. So, you know, you tell me your story. I, I get two things from that, right? I, I just feel like it's a story of faith and a story of action. Mm-hmm. You know, you had faith that you making that move, that transition from Southern Cal to Texas. It's going to go well. You put action behind it, man, and it worked mm-hmm. out for you. Yeah. You know, that's that's a form of a manifestation, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. You made it happen, man. And like you were telling me earlier, you know, you've been doing this show, grinding hard for 10 years, man. So, mm-hmm. pass it off to you, sir. Thank you. Now, you, you talked about the, um, the, st- the stuff that you suffered as a child, the abuse and everything like that. Now, how did you... Um, eventually overcome all that uh, for those that might have experienced the same thing? Yeah, so, you know, it, it just kind of happened. You know, there was definitely a, a divine intervention, uh, you know, going on that, that led me to, to healing, essentially, is, is what, what I did, right? Um, in 2020, uh, I went through this this huge transformation. And... Uh, as I, as I say all the time to people, and I even have it on the back of my book, it's, it's a quote that I love because it, it, it really goes deep in regards to who I am and, and what I've experienced. And that quote is, the first step of understanding who we will become comes at the death of who we were. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first learned that quote, that just, it really, really stuck with me, it struck a chord, a serious chord, you know, and in 2020, I began doing meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was told by a friend of a meditation called the Gateway Experience, mm-hmm. and uh, what the meditation is is a meditation that uses something called binaural beats. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what binaural beats are are two tones that you have on your, your, your earbuds, mm-hmm. two tones, one in each ear, each ear that are slightly different in frequency. And what they do is form a third wave. 
in your brain, and it makes your brain, your left and right brain spheres sync. So it's called hemisync. And you have a tone in your left ear, a tone in your right ear, it creates a third tone during this hemiseek experience with your brain. So now you have three, three tones, three, three ways. And that puts you in an unbelievable um, relaxed state. Mm. You know, it's great for meditation. It was created by a guy named uh, Robert uh, Monroe mm. in, in the 70s, you know. Um, and he created it, he learned about it, and then he started having these uh, out-of-body experiences. You know, so again, this this gateway experience was given to me by a, by a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Hey, man, just try this out. Learn about this. Study it. Find out about uh, Robert Monroe." And um, it, it's just been life changing, man. It, it's been life changing. Now, it's a guy named. Are you familiar with Tom Campbell? I think I've heard the name, but I'm not too certain. Yeah, so he, he's the author of several books. One of his probably his most popular book is. Uh, my big toe, and he talks about out of body experiences. He's a, he's a, um, he, I don't know, he, he's, he's well into his seventies now, I believe. But um, he's a former NASA scientist, um, physicist, and uh, he was actually trained under Robert Monroe back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's been having all of these experiences. I, 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 I talked to him. I interviewed him on my show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, mm-hmm. he was some some phenomenal experiences man and um but but that really did it for me man you know uh i I started doing the gateway meditation and Mm. that really opened me up to uh you know the other side if you will uh you know i was doing this meditation new to it Mm. for the first time i remember the first time i did it i went into my closet well what i did as well i should should before i get into that i Mm. i built this altar in my closet right It, it has uh these, these crystal grids and uh, Metatron's cube and uh, I have a sword in there, you know, and I have these uh, Metatron's cube swords. I have a pyramid in there, man. So it's a, I have the Book of Enoch in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in there, I go in there and burn my my, uh, my incense before I do my meditation. But I remember the very first time I did it, I went in there, I was nervous, went in there, and uh, when I came out, you know, it was like my first time meditating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it takes time to really to get it right. But I remember I came out, I saw these red sacred ge- geometry figures all in my room. They were everywhere, mm-hmm. like literally everywhere. They were. My wife was sitting on the bed, they were on her, they were in the corner, and it was just, mm-hmm. just pretty amazing. And I said, damn, I didn't know <laughs> what that was, you know, but yeah. it was everywhere. They were like these red, red, red geometry, sacred geometry shapes. So I'm like, okay. Now, my first out-of-body experience was probably a couple, probably about two months later when I uh, went out of body doing meditation and I was mm-hmm. in what I believe is space. And it yeah. just, this reminded me of, you know, you think of what space is. I was just there and I was kind of freaking out a little bit. And as I freaked out, I, I kind of came back, you know, came back. But um, I say all that to say, Philip, that doing this meditation mm-hmm. as well as doing crystal work and a lot of other things that I do was the key to me coming or healing, I should say, from that trauma I experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was it, man. Uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, a lot of uh, going 
through the gateway to the other side, mm-hmm. having experiences that are unbelievable and that lifted the veil, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really did. In, in the gateway, in the meditation period, I, I you know, recommend it to everybody. And, and what I do is I, I use the gateway meditation as a tool, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like every time you have an out-of-body experience, I kind of look at the experience that I have as a lesson. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery+. Plus. Moving day means that you and the things that matter to you are in for a big transition. There's a lot to figure out. New closets, different counter space, change of floor plan. No worries. CubeSmart is here, so you have a place for everything. It's our job to make self-storage as easy as possible. Online or in person, this is a self-storage experience that puts the focus on you because you matter to us. With self-storage that fits seamlessly into your life, you'll have plenty of peace of mind to unpack along the way. Click now to find a self-storage solution near you to the point where you're able to get more into it, you know, you you have this awareness on how to pick up on that lesson, right? Mm-hmm. And I was able to attain that awareness by actually deep, deepening my relationship with source. Okay, yeah. that goes back to that prayer too, right? Yeah, uh, of course. Because the source is obviously... Yeah, I, I, said, I, I hate to cut you off, but we are at the commercial break. But I want to let you finish that oh, okay. off after the commercial break. But we'll be right back with my guest, Justin Williams, as we talk about astral travel, other realms, and so much more. We'll be right back. It's a little bit crazy. You're suddenly blurry now. I wonder if anything was real. All our history is hazy. Do you have a talk radio, Facebook Live, or YouTube show and would like guests for your show but don't know where to go to get them? Well, go to RadioGuestList.com and sign up today. They have all different experts in different fields and you can find the ones that are just right for your show. That's RadioGuestList.com. Sign up today. It's free. To advertise on Talk of the Night, Send an email to talkinthenight at outlook.com. Talk in the Night has plans to fit your budget. Get your product or business heard around the world by the Talk in the Night listening audience. Plans include 30-second spots and banner ads on the show's website and mentioned on the social media sites. So get your product or business heard around the world today. Today. 
Shop the Talk in the Night merch store today and pick up one of the many products with nine different designs to choose from. The store has men's and women's apparel, drinkware, houseware, and accessories. Pick up a t-shirt, coffee mug, or anything else on there and support the show today. Go to TalkOfTheNight.com to find a link to the merch store. Justin Williams as we continue talking about out-of-body experiences, astral travel, and so much more. Uh, so I'm, before the break, you were talking about your out-of-body experience and everything like that and the me- gateway meditation. So I'll let you continue your story. Absolutely, yeah. So that first out-of-body experience, I felt like I was almost trapped in space, man. This happened for about uh, 10 minutes or so. And then, uh, you know, I got a little nervous and then, you know, got, got back in body after that. But, um, uh, definitely, uh, had some crazy experiences. So, um, I remember one time, uh, doing, doing my meditation, I saw this, uh, this entity that was, uh, man, this thing had to probably be about 15 feet in height. It looked like a tree, like a tree. Imagine what a tree man looks like. It was brown and it, it looked, it was, had like this warrior paint. Mm-hmm. on its face and on its body and uh you know i i, I remember thinking like wow it looked like more like an african warrior or something like that mm-hmm. but uh next standing next to this 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 thing man was was a family member right mm-hmm. and the family member was so freaking afraid and nervous and just just in in, in dire need of help and mm-hmm. i remember standing in front of this thing of course i'm in, in my spirit body and then this thing freaking like reaches out to like hit me or, or stab me mm. or, or something. And like I freaked out. And the one thing that came to mind to do uh, was to call on Archangel Michael. And, and mm. Metatron, Archangel Michael, is you know, same, one of the same. Yeah. Um, but I had, you know, developed this relationship with, 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 with Metatron, right? And um, so I called <laughs> Michael and. Man, I can do that, man. Out of my right eye, quarter of my eye, I see this angel mm-hmm. coming at probably like a thousand miles an hour, right? And then yeah. just makes contact with this entity and this thing just like blew up, disappeared. It was it was crazy. Wow. Never seen anything like that. You know, experienced anything like that. And, you know, again, it was like it had wings, you know, and yeah. it just just made contact and this thing went away. Um, I remember uh, another time I saw what I think was 
the the whore of Babylon, right? Mm. And it's, you know, I remember being out of body, and again, I was in this space area, mm. and um, I see this woman from the back with a great shape, just a great, you know, and I, as I mm. go towards it, she turned around and had the most disgusting, crazy-looking face. It was like half lizard, half alien, half monster. Mm-hmm. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I'm not a guy to, to get, like, really excited. You know, I'm pretty pretty chill most of the time. Yeah. That kind of, that, that freaked me out. I was thought to myself, damn, you know, and then that strong emotion came, and I, I, yeah. um, I got back in body. Something that, that started happening recently um, during meditation is I'll, I'll be on my back listening to Gateway or some other mm-hmm. meditation, and all of a sudden I start hearing these these footsteps, like marching, like marching, like a, a group of uh, people marching hard and strong and in cadence. It sounds pretty <laughs> damn good job. And then I hear these drum beats, man, you know, like almost tribal drum beats. And mm-hmm. I've been hearing them for several weeks, but the crazy thing is one time, about two, maybe three weeks ago, I was in the closet meditating. I heard those drum beats again, and I came out the closet. And my wife said, she's like, did you hear those drums? <laughs> I said, yeah, I sure did. I've been hearing that for several weeks now. <laughs> that was crazy that she heard them. Yeah. She wasn't even meditating or anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say my most interesting experience, Philip, mm-hmm. happened uh, about a year ago, February of 21. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I... I have a, a really good, a really good friend, and he he hit me up. He was like, "Hey man, um, you know, I want to want to, um, you know, I want you to want to introduce you to somebody." I was like, "Okay," but now I'm going to take you back during my my meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I went out of body. Well, no, no, I usually do my meditation at night, right? Yeah. But when I woke up in the morning, I was led to do it again. And I was thinking to myself, no, I'm not going to do it. But I just had this urge mm. to meditate again. And so I went in the closet. I didn't have my pillow in there. I go back out to get my pillow. But before I went in there, Spirit spoke to me, and I heard, you're going to Utah. And I said, what? Mm. What are you talking about? I'm going to Utah. He's like, okay, whatever. And I come back out to get my pillow. My wife goes, where are you about to go? I was like, damn. I said, I don't know. We'll see. So I go back in there, and about 15, 20 minutes into uh, meditation, I'm taken to this place. It was a lake, and there was snow everywhere. Snow everywhere. It was a lake. And I see this guy off in the distance, and this guy was naked. He was cold. He was distressed. So I go near him, and I'm able to communicate with him. Obviously, I'm in spirit form, but we were able to have this almost telepathic-type conversation. And I, yeah. you know, Thinking back on it, I, I believe it was my spirit talking to his spirit. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm asking what's wrong. And he, he says, I'm having this issue with my kid's mom. Uh, she's crazy, like, you know, seriously, mentally ill. She doesn't take her medicine all the time. We have a one-year-old, and uh, she's giving me hell, and she's kicking me out. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I'm tired of dealing with her and dealing with this life. I'm about to end it all. And he's going to jump in the lake, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't know how to swim. And so I'm trying to talk him down. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, you can't do that. Don't do that. You're too much. So therefore, you got this kid, you know, blah, blah, this, that, and the next. And then at one point, I was able to shift my energy 
onto him mm-hmm. to keep him warm. And he, yeah. he he stopped uh he stopped like shimmering almost. And then again I'm doing the gateway. So at the end Dr. Monroe uh, comes back on and then I, I said, Damn, because at that point I know the meditation was about to end and I knew I would be back in body. Yeah. And then um I had told him, you know, had him call the authorities. Mm-hmm. And then we're waiting, we're waiting. And then I finally saw the police came. So I'm like, good. Meditation ends. I'm back in, back in my body. You yeah. know, it was a wild experience. Never experienced anything like that. Fast yeah, forward no. a few weeks, two, three weeks later, a good friend of mine says, hey, man, I want you to um, help this guy out. I want you to kind of be a mentor to him. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. You know? Yeah. So we set up a Zoom for us to talk. Man, I got on that Zoom and I freaked out because it was the same guy at the lake doing the out-of-body experience while oh. I was looking at it face-to-face during the Zoom call. Yeah, now, I mean, you know, what, I, what I'm kind of picking up, because I, I, I don't like to consider myself, I use the word psychic, but um, I, I hyper-empath is what I use, but what I'm getting from that is, like, maybe he was... Doing having an out of body experience, but what I'm thinking is maybe he jumped in a lake to end it all, and that's what his spirit there wow. saw. And then uh, when he was, uh, when you said he was uh, starting to lighten up when you put that energy on, maybe that somebody came to rescue him, and that's what, and put a blanket around him and warmed him up. I mean, that's just what I'm getting from it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm talking to this guy, and I'm freaking out. And of course, I didn't say to him, hey, man, you had this vision of you. You know, I didn't let him, I don't know him. You know, <laughs> he's like, hey, yeah. you know, this guy. That's what I'm thinking. Like, he's going to say about me, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to ask him. So, you know, we, we talked, we were talking like uh, once or twice, maybe three times a week sometimes. And I'm just talking life into him. At this point, the guy was homeless, living out of van in the woods. You know, because he had been living outdoors for, for so long at this point, he had developed some type of illness. Uh, he, he's good now, you know, he, he has some antibiotics and stuff. Um, you know, lost a ton of weight, you know. Um, the kid, you know, his girl, he won't let him see his kid. I mean, he's just going through, hadn't seen his daughter and her daughter, his daughter's brother in like, man, at least, I don't know, six months or whatever it was, man, maybe close to a year. And uh, so several weeks go by. So our mutual friend, he, he tells the guy, he goes, hey, man, I think Justin, Justin says something about he may, have, he may have saw you before. You know, I met you before in Utah or something. And then, uh, you know, I'm talking to him one day. He's like, yeah, man. Uh, he said that you may, we may have saw each other. And I'm thinking, oh, no, why did he tell him that? You know, why did he tell him that? And I was like, yeah. So I told him everything about my, my out-of-body experience. And he goes, yeah, man, that was me. He was like shortly before my girl and I broke up. We lived in uh, we lived in Texas, mm-hmm. and we lived in the Austin area. And they they moved to uh, Washington State, and they mm-hmm. went through U-Haul and stopped. And he was like, "Yeah, I was out of late, bro." He said, "I was going to end it all because I knew that once we got in got to Washington, I moved her and the kids. That I'm not going to be able to. I wasn't going to be able to, you know, live with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know." And, I, and he just decided to stay up in that area in hopes to be closer to his kids. But she was the one that, you know, that, that moved up there, mm. you know. And uh, 
I was, I was just blown away, man, when he told me that. He confirmed it. And, yeah. you know, so since I've known him now, man, for 12, 13 months, I, his life has been, you know, totally changed, man. He has his own spot now. He's working. Yeah. Um, and he, he did it, man. He did it. I was just there as a tool, man, to, yeah. to, to assist and to hold him up, to speaking life into him and give him advice, just being that, that mentor to him. But so proud of him, man. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery+. Plus. Obviously, have a special bond, man. Just crazy, crazy experience. That's for sure. Yeah, and of course, everybody uh, needs somebody to help them out every once in a while. Um, I mean, I've helped uh, people down on their log. I mean, uh, there was, uh, I was, I think it was a couple weeks ago, the People's Convoy was passing through Fort Worth, and I was in the on okay. the overpass to film it. Because uh, that's what I do. Uh, but anyways, um, there was this one guy that um, was out there uh, on the side of the free uh, off-ramp and everything like that, begging for change and everything like that. So as soon as I was done filming after they all had passed by, I was starting to break down. He came over and asked what that was all about. Uh, and I explained. And I said... And I finished breaking down everything, and something told me, go, ask him, have you eaten today? And he's like, no, I haven't. And so I said, come with me. I'm, uh, we walked short, a short distance back over to the pizza place, uh, which is right off the freeway. And I said, I'll buy you a couple of slices of pizza and um, something to drink and everything like that. And he explained that he wasn't really homeless, but he was struggling. He was up in age, but uh, he didn't get his food stamps until the six. So I was like, "Well, you got something to eat tonight," um, and everything like that. So I was there to help him. And I mean, normally I wouldn't do something like that, but uh, because there are people that are just out taking advantage of the system, the ones that need it, but. I, I could see something right. different in his eyes. Right. Yeah, you were, it sounds like you were led by the Spirit to help him, and, and you know, the Spirit led you to do it, and you did it, you answered. So yeah. that's awesome, man. I love it. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. You know, people that truly need help, getting the help they need. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And then, like you were talking about meditation. Now, the way I do my meditation is a little bit different. Um, like me, I, I do it to strengthen my psychic abilities, even though I hate that word. <laughs> uh, but the way I'll do it is I'll sit out, um, especially in the country, if I uh, or a nice quiet park or something like that, and I will cut out. Uh, the way I used to do it is I lived out in the country, like I said, uh, near Hemet, and I would sit out during the day when I wasn't working. And I would listen to the sound like the birds chirping, the wind blowing through the trees, other sounds uh, and everything like that. And 
I would work on cutting down one sound a week till I was hearing nothing. And that opened my abilities to see things around me that, um, I mean, I already had the ability since I was five years old to see spirits, but uh, it just strengthened it even more and it just helps help me notice more things around me than what normal people that don't meditate see. Exactly, Philip, and that has been my experience as well. Starting back in 2020, that was the the beginning of my healing process. Mm-hmm. Right, this had to be in uh, June, yeah, June, June of 2020 mm-hmm. when I started doing the Gateway Experience. But it did exactly that for me. You know, it opened up. I've opened up my chakras. Uh, Kundalini, Kundalini awakening. Um, I too uh, became aware of the spiritual world and my gifts as well. And like you, I had the, the gift of clairvoyance too. I, I used to to read on a in, in a Facebook group, Facebook, like I don't know, like ten thousand plus members, and we had uh, there were several readers, maybe about eight to ten of us, and we would take turns doing the readings for people. You know, in the, in the Facebook group, uh, right there on the, I guess what is it, Messenger? Or, however, I'm not. I, I have a Facebook account, but I don't know much about Facebook. But wherever it is, like a, a video chat, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did. I did readings for that group, man. Every every Saturday, every Sunday, man, for a few months. That was that was great, you know. Because mm-hmm. again, you know, we, we have these gifts, but that awakening, we all we've always had. We came here with them, right? Yeah. But, you know, you, you start that meditating, you start that, that process, man, and you just have more awareness, yeah. if anything, you know, so that med- meditating. And then I did something in August of 2020, man, that I, I said I would never do. And I tell you what, it changed my life forever. Yeah. And I was skydiving, right? I went mm-hmm. up in a plane 15,000 feet and, and made that jump. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, a, a month, no, a week, I'm sorry, leading up to my jump, it was one of the most challenging weeks of my life, wow. you know, but I was, I was led by the spirit to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was freaking out a little bit, man. <laughs> my, my, uh, my wife was freaking out a little bit. Like, you got to jump out of play. <laughs> yeah. I said, Dave, I have to do it. I have to do it. But that experience taught me one thing. And it's something that I will always keep with me forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. It's part of who I am now. And what that is, is how to control fear. Yeah. That's what I learned. I, I learned that fear is a bully. Yeah. Fear actually fears something, which is itself. Yeah. And specifically, it fears not being able to make you fear it any longer. Yeah. Right? And it's, once I took on that mindset, man, that, that, really, that really opened up another world to me. Right? Yeah. So I went up, I made the jump, um, you know, and... Man, it was it was amazing, and, and I, just a message that I tell people all the time. You know, when when you have something that you fear, if you have the correct mindset, if you fight it and go through it, and not try to avoid it and go around it, mm-hmm. there's something so special for you on the other side of that. The saying that goes, "God places the best things in life on the other side of fear." Yeah, you know, and and then you you get this sense of liberation, yeah. and then you're led by the spirit, and you have more and more spiritual experiences and mm. you just view, view everything in a different manner. So that skydiving experience was uh, obviously life-changing for me, man. I started doing something as well, something other thing in 2020, which was fasting, started doing intermittent fasting. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I had a 16-hour period where I didn't eat anything. And I could only eat for eight hours yeah. a day through an eight-hour window, you know. And uh, that did amazing things for me. I'm, I'm not a tall guy. I'm 5'7". I got up to 205, right? Yeah. So started doing intermittent fasting in, in maybe five months. I lost 25 pounds there and got down mm-hmm. to one, one, uh, 180. Yeah. You know, changed my life. Made, made me clear, brain fog gone, memory improved, sharpened. By the way, as well, what the that binaural beats meditation does that improves your clarity that improves your your mental health sharpens your mind yeah. improves your memory process information faster so doing that you know along with uh you know the meditation and, and other things man that, that intermittent fasting too just enhanced my mind more mm-hmm. um and, and that really took me to another level spiritually as well man yeah because that that wasn't easy but i I, I back in San Diego we cut out pork out of our diet. So I've been at pork at least since freaking mm-hmm. two thousand and sixteen, maybe seventeen. Mm-hmm. But then in twenty twenty we cut out uh, chicken and red meat. We do eat fish, seafood. You know, mm-hmm. we cut all that out. We we do like a, a plant based diet as well. Mm-hmm. And this has all been a part of my, my rebirth process and that fasting came in handy mm-hmm. um the following year in, in last year in twenty twenty one. You know, um, and what I say, what I what I mean when I say that is, I, I had this. Uh, I went and sat with ayahuasca for three nights in Tucson in the desert. Mm-hmm. We were outside under the stars, and it was my the shaman and his facilitators and about forty other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that <laughs> was it was amazing, man. It, yeah. it was amazing talking about uh, the best way I could describe it is I walked with Source. The God, the Creator, greatest, greater consciousness for three nights in the desert. Man. You know, it was an amazing experience, life changing experience. Talk about seeing the other side, experiencing the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was uh, was amazing, and, and each night, each night ball lesson, you know, to it. So this was a Friday night through Monday morning event. And this was April of, of last year, and uh, kind of went back and forth where I want, whether or not I want to sit with ayahuasca. And, and I don't know if, um, for those who don't know what ayahuasca is, it's just plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really popular in the, uh, the rainforest region, the Amazon region, mm-hmm. in Central America, specifically Peru. You know, is, is some people believe or was uh, first created. If you take mm-hmm. a a root of a certain plant and a vine of another plant, you boil them and make a tea. And that tea is, is the sacred juice, you know. And yes, it's a psychedelic, you know. Um, but uh, it, it really, some people call it the God molecule or, or the DMT that's naturally found in it. That's the DMT, uh, DMT you know, that does the trick. And, and essentially what it does, it just opens your third eye, right? Like, like incredible. You know, my third eye has been open since 2020, but when you, when you have that psychedelic experience with, with the ayahuasca, it's just like full blown and amazing. Like, like I said, the veil is lifted. And each night, like I said, bought a, bought an experience, uh, different lesson, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, so I had to drive two hours away to Tucson, like I said, and I remember I stopped to get some food 12 o'clock. Been doing intermittent, doing you know the intermittent fasting, and then as I was eating, 
it, it was 12, like I said, I looked at the clock, it's 12 o'clock, and then I, I heard Spirit spoke and said, this will be your last meal until Monday morning. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I tried to hear that. I was like, no, yeah. can't be. It's like, no. Can't be. <laughs> can't, can't be. You know, no, come on. This is Friday noon, noon 12 o'clock. You telling me I can't eat till Monday morning? Yeah. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, I, but I had to be obedient, right? And, mm. you know, I took this serious, man. You know, I cut off yeah. all communications from the world. You know, only thing I did when I, I got there, so I stayed at a, stayed at a, uh, I had a little, little room, a little hotel, mm. um, a little Hampton Inn or whatever it was, and I stayed there during the day, and then at night, at about 7 o'clock, we all would meet up at the, the ceremony out in the desert, the mm. ceremony site. And then we would go from like 7 p.m. to about 7 the next morning, and then go back to our, our living quarters, wherever they, they may be, mm. and, you know, until the following night, following evening. So, again, like I said, I took it serious because, it, you know, I already decided before the fasting piece came in that I was going to cut myself off from the world. So when I arrived, I texted my wife. I made it safely. I saw you on Monday, Monday morning, uh, no TV. I took two spiritual books with me as well. They're called Damien, and then another book called um, The Warrior, my warrior mm -hmm. book. And, uh, you know, what's the name of that book? Uh, Warrior of the Light, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Written by the same guy who went, who wrote, uh, uh, it'll come to me later. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Yeah. But, uh, pre pretty popular book. But anyway, you know, so, you know, I said at the hotel, I'm going to do is read these books. I'm going to meditate and pray. And that's what mm -hmm. I did. And now the fasting was incorporated in it. And it was yeah. necessary. So, you know, as we know, you know, Desert gets super cold at night, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I had my sleeping bag and everything. So I remember the first night, uh, you know, they we started the ceremony at seven o'clock. We got there, we just kind of got to know each other, talked, did do whatever we want to do. Excuse me, ceremony didn't start until midnight. Mm -hmm. You know, as common as common goes, they they let the movies go first. So the, the shaman had all these several bottles and liters of ayahuasca sitting up there on this beautiful altar with all these three, four foot crystals and all sacred tobacco and menthol water and it was just a beautiful altar man, all the spiritual spirit, all these spiritual items it was, just, it was just amazing man, I wish I could have took a picture of that yeah. and uh, so we called the newbies up man but before we went up, we all had to uh, get sage we also had to um, be brushed with Paso Santo we had to take a hit of a sacred tobacco pipe, and then we had to inhale menthol water through each nostril just to keep the breathing intact while you, while you under the, uh, the influence of the ayahuasca and, and yeah. the spiritual realms. Yeah. Now, was this uh, uh, um, like a Native American shaman or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just because of all the stuff that you mentioned, that's what I'm picking up with it. So. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so I'm like six, fourth or sixth in line, you know, the newbie. So I, I go, finally make my way up there. It's my turn. I, you know, I'm on the altar. I'm on, on my knees, you know, in front of the shaman. He and I had met earlier in the evening before the ceremony started. He said, hey, Justin, how you doing? He said, I'm, I'm doing good. He said, you ready? I said, I sure am. 
He said, all right, I'm going to pull you a strong one. On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up, got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery Plus. At In-N-Out, our hamburgers are made with the highest quality ingredients, made fresh and by hand, made with a smile to put a smile on your face, made for special occasions or no occasion at all, made with gratitude for every customer we get to serve. Most of all, every hamburger, cheeseburger, and double-double is made to order just for you. That's what all about. I said, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Whatever that meant. I guess he had two different, maybe three different uh, strunks or something. I don't know. But he, he grabbed the other bottle for me, the bottle in the back. It's <laughs> 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 and I said, okay. So I take it. I'm like, okay, I didn't tell anything. I get up, you know, uh, you know, I kind of go, you know, it's this big, we, we were all in this huge circle with our sleeping bags, camping gear, et cetera. And in the middle of the circle, we had a fire going. It was nice. So, uh, you know, I, I go get back in my sleeping bag, man. It's cold out. And I'm dressed in layers. And I throw my sleeping bag over my head. And I'm like, Okay, 10 minutes goes by, I don't feel anything. 20 minutes goes by, nothing. 30 minutes goes by, I'm like, man, what is going on? So I have to use the bathroom. I get up, go to the port potty, use the bathroom. Come back, and uh, that's when it hit me, man. That's when it hit me. That's when it hit me. All right, well, we'll, we'll continue this story here in a moment, uh, but we are at the commercial break, so we'll be right back after the short commercial break with my guest. Justin Williams as we talk about astral travel, other realms, and so much more, plus phone calls and chat after this uh, commercial break. We'll be right back. get warmer and people are out and about well if you love ghost hunting now is the time to pick up some new gear ghostlock.com has a wide variety of equipment to choose from and one of those items is blue buddy he's back the talking bear every investigator wants on their team click on the ghost Stop banner ad at the top of the show's website and pick up your blue buddy today Go to spring.com and sign up to create your own design or choose from a design from one of the many creators on there. Spring has ways to integrate your store on social media, custom stores, and they have digital and physical products. While you're there, check out the Talk of the Night merch store. 
get started with spraying today, click on the banner ad on the Talk of the Night website. Go to the show's website, click on the links for each of my guests, and purchase a book or other product that they may be promoting. Without them, there would be no Talk of the Night. Whether you're interested in the paranormal, conspiracy, technology, health, relationships, or any other topic the show covers, my guests have something for you. Check it out today on TalkingTheNight.com. Skype Talk in the Night or by phone at 817-717-1280. Now back to Talk in the Night with your host, Paranormal Phil. Okay, and we are back with my guest, Justin Williams, as we continue talking about astral travel and uh, other realms and so much more. Uh, just to mention real quick, the um, Spreaker chat is open. You can sign up for a free account. It don't cost a thing. You don't have to record anything. You can chat with me during the show. Always uh, pay attention to the chat and uh, interact with my listeners. Also, the phone lines are open. If you have a uh, question for my guests, use Skype using the Skype name Talk in the Night or by phone at 817-717-1280. So let's get back into um, everything with you and everything like that. Now, I know you're a man of uh, like the Christian faith, and of course, like me, I'm Wiccan, uh, but well, I do believe well, actually, in a, not, a higher power. I'm not, and I do believe well, in. I, a, I do want to say I'm not. I, I just want to make it clear I'm, I'm not a Christian. Oh, okay. I'm not a Christian. Yeah, I believe in God. Um, but I don't believe that Christ died for our sins and, and, and what okay. to tell you, you know, what, what okay, we're programmed to believe. I, I definitely don't believe that. So I obviously believe in, obviously believe in God. I don't subscribe to any religion. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I misjudged my, my bad. No, it's okay. Uh, but, uh, okay. yeah, no, uh, but I knew you believed in God and stuff and uh, I do believe in a higher power and everything like that. Uh, but a lot of people do get that my religion wrong and everything, thinking, well, we're devil worshippers or something like that. And that's right. just not the case. Um, I mean, we believe that um, that if we're going to do something bad to somebody, we're going to get back to us three times as worse. So we just don't do it. Uh, but again, that, to each their own belief system. But... Um, now, what was your first experience uh, from God? Wow, my first experience from God—that is a great question. Now, are you talking about are you talking about the ayahuasca ceremony, or, or just in general? In, in, in general, I mean, because I don't know if that was your Man, first experience first... or not. So, I, I I put it like this: I 
grew up knowing or believing that my first experience with God was when I was in middle school. So I had to be anywhere between 11 and 13. And as I said earlier, I was one of those kids that had to go to school. I'm sorry, go to church mm-hmm. four or five nights, four or five nights a week, man. You know, yeah. and uh, so I remember being in church, and I know at the end of each service, in, 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 I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. At the end of, end of each service, they have this time where they um, invite people to come up to the altar. A, if they need. Uh, prayer or B, if they want to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? And call it, it's called the altar call. And so I had already, at that point in my life, obviously being a Christian, I had already accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, so I just went up there for prayer. And I don't know, remember why, but I remember being up there and the pastor of the church, or no, no, the minister, minister of the church was praying over me, mm-hmm. you know, and I just began to weep. At the end of the week, and I had my hands up, you know, a little bit above, you know, probably ear left, and I had my hands up, you know, just, just began to weep. And then uh, the pastor came over to me, and he, he touched, he put his, he laid his hand on my head and began to pray on me. And as soon as he did that, I felt the best way I know how to describe it is power. It's like a power, it's like energy running through my hands. And again, man, I'm like 11 or 12. Like, it didn't really freak me out, but I knew it was different than anything I ever felt or experienced in my life. And because, you know, I was really in the church and God and all that, you know, I took it to be uh, the power of, of God in my hands or, or something mm-hmm. to that effect. I knew it was some type of divine intervention. That's all I really mm-hmm. knew. And that's what I know to this day, you know. But. Yeah. Now, uh, As I become older okay. and, you know, going through my rebirth, I realized my first experience with God was actually when I was a kid, right? When my father, when I was three, my father picked me up and threw me down. Thank God I didn't break my neck. Yeah. That was God looking out for me. But I think back to all that trauma I experienced with the, the beatings, where I, you know, where it could have been yeah. a bad as it were. It could have been worse. That was God not allowing to go any further. And I think back to the one time when my dad chased my mom out the house with a butcher knife, wanting to kill her. Wow. But that didn't happen. And I realized that was God mm-hmm. not allowing that to happen. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's when we moved. That's when they, they divorced soon after that, and we moved because of that incident. That night, we moved to Ohio from Michigan to go with my sister. Yeah. You know, he went looking for He chased her out the house. He came back in. He then grabbed a bag and put every single night from the kitchen and left back out looking for her. Wow. You know, he's out about 20 minutes later. My mom comes back. It's just me and my older brother. We're there. And I'm like freaking four years or well, five years old, freaking wow. out. Right. Yeah. And, um, she's like, guys, hurry, hurry, get your stuff. Get your stuff together. We're going to, um, have this policeman picking me up to, uh, DJ dropped us off at the donut shop around the mm-hmm. corner. Then my sister drove her and her husband drove from Ohio, picked us up and we, we began living there. We moved to Ohio just mm-hmm. like that, literally in <laughs> a heartbeat. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that my father didn't kill her is because he called my mom. He said, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. My, my grandma called him down. Wow. He said, Jesse, if you do that, the children will grow up without both parents because Eunice will be dead and you'll be in prison for life. Yeah. And you don't want that because I know, I know you love your children, which you did. 
Yeah. Which he did. He still does. You know. So, uh, but that was that was my first experience with God. It, it, it was going okay. through all that trauma and all that chaos and confusion as a child. God, you know, uh, keep keeping me as weird as it may sound safe. You know, but you know, and I don't look at those experiences as bad experiences. Yeah. They're just experiences. Yeah. Now that I've learned we- lessons from. Yeah, now you the know, reason why I ask that question is because you mentioned in your bio about near-death experience um, as a child and everything oh, like yeah. that. And I didn't know if that's yes. where it came from. Right, no, no, no. So this was when I was four years old. And, um, man, I was sick, right? And my mom, she uh, went to work in the morning because my dad worked afternoon. So my mom would leave at like 7 in the morning, whatever it was. My dad wouldn't leave till about two two thirty. Mm. So in the summertime, her and uh, me and my brother, we had to be home by ourselves mm. until my mom got home from work. She would get home at about five, so we were home for five for about three hours. But uh, one morning, man, I was I was sick. I was laying in my bed. My mom came in to check on me, kissed me on my forehead, and said, "I'll see you later, son." Mm. And she left out, and. She forgot something. She's about 10, 15 minutes into her drive to work, and she forgot something. But this was just, you know, yeah. divine intervention, right? She she forgot whatever it was. So when she came back in the house, she checked on me again. She said she looked at me, and I was literally purple, and my eyes were rolled in the back of my head. So, of course, she freaked out yeah. and got my father. They drove me to Children's Hospital. We walked into the emergency entrance. As soon as we walk in, we were greeted by this little Filipino nurse. And she said, she looked at me, and she touched my head and my chest. She said, hurry, hurry. we got to hurry. Get him into surgery in the back. Mm-hmm. He has pneumonia. He will, he will yeah. die. And so they take me to the back. They had to cut a hole in my side. And the doctor stuck a tube up in my lungs, which had to drain off all the fluid in my lungs. Wow. The doctor literally said it would have been about 30 more minutes. I, I wouldn't have made it, you yeah. know, I was going to check out, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, I, I remember from that experience, man, I, I, I blacked out, you know, I blacked out. I just remember being, again, it's this space black thing has just always come up at various points throughout my life. It's like I was in space yeah. and that's all I remember, man. Yeah, I was going to ask what it was, if you could remember that experience, because I know I had a friend, I mean, he passed away a few years ago, but I had him on my show to talk about um, a near-death experience he had, where he had a grandma seizure, and he uh, was laying on the ground, and he mentioned about him standing over his body as he was, uh, as the paramedics were working on him. And I didn't yeah. know if you experienced anything like standing over your body or anything like that. No, no, I didn't experience that. Uh, but I was just remember being in a, like a space environment. It felt like it was I was in space or something. But that obviously is something that, that always stuck with me. And as mm-hmm. I grew up and even as I went through, you know, some of those issues with my dad and then later in my adult life, mm-hmm. you know, um, I always wondered, like, Why? Why didn't I die? You know, there's a reason yeah. I'm here, right? Yeah. There's a reason I'm here. You know, you, you question, you go through something like that and question those things, even though I was, even though I was young, you know, mm-hmm. even, like four years old, but you still wonder, like, damn, why, why am I here? Then? You start to question life and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, things definitely got clear for me. 
going into 21, as I mentioned before, that ayahuasca experience was life-changing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. There were several lessons learned in that. Um, I was taking the places, other dimensions. I was taken to this, uh, like, underworld, if you will. There's a lot of pain, a lot of trauma there, a lot of people crying out. I don't want to say it was hell, because I don't know if I necessarily believe yeah. in hell, yeah. you know. But uh, I think more so people's spirits were, were hurting and just not, not at peace, more so yeah. than anything. People that have crossed over and just weren't at peace, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like me, I, I believe it. I believe there's a higher plane of existence and a lower plane of existence, which could be construed as like heaven and hell, just depending. It's just the wording of it, everything like that. I believe in light entities, dark entities, which can be construed as angels or demons. It's just all a matter of words. But every uh, religion tends to believe in that higher power um, and everything like that, the God, the creator, and everything like that. And I wanted to ask, uh, and I don't think I've ever asked anybody this question, but um, but like I mentioned, every religion is different. But who is God in your mind? Who is God in my mind? That's another great question. In my mind, God is creation. So when when I look out my window and I see those those mountains out here in Arizona, that's God. But when I lived in San Diego and I, I saw the ocean. You know, that, that's God. When I, the air I breathe is, is God. The moon and the sun, I look at it each day and night, that's God. And, uh, you know, God is, is, is the creator. That's why I call him the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this, this higher consciousness that lives in each and every person. You know, we, we are God. You know, we, you know, we aren't God per se, but since God is us and we are his creation, we, we are. You know, we're his children, right? Um, essentially, my belief is that we, we all are God having a human experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we just see this experience that we have. We're down here living and we're collecting information, collecting data, and it's being mm-hmm. sent back to him or to him or not even back to him because he lives mm-hmm. in us, right? So he's obtaining mm-hmm. this data through these experiences and that every, mm-hmm. no one has a, the same experience. Never have, never will. You know, we're all different and unique in a special way. So he's creating, collecting this data as we live, man, and he's using that for more creation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this never-ending, infinite cycle of greatness and, and love. And I believe that, you know, the Father and the Creator is based in love, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's love and, and it's, it's good intent. But he, you know, I think about a creator. I think about a father. You know, mm-hmm. I just think about something. And, and what I'm saying, my words don't even serve me justice, honestly. Mm-hmm. But that's the best way that I know how to yeah. communicate it, right? No, no worries. Uh, but God is God, God. is everything that that's alive. When I see these little desert animals, that's that's God. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Now uh, you were talking. Uh, we um, we're talking about astral travel and everything like that, and. Um, you mentioned about other realms and stuff like that. Um, what did you experience in these other realms? Well, you know, like I, I mentioned, the, uh, the entity that I saw, as well as what I believe was the, the, the Aura of Babylon. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, yeah, I told you about, yeah, fighting, fighting the entity, uh, 
what else? What else have I seen out there? Um, and you see some crazy stuff, man. You know, you know, after playing, you see some crazy stuff. I mean, stuff that you see colors and see things that you you couldn't even imagine, mm-hmm. right? Um, and one thing I notice about entities in the realm, mm-hmm. this has been my experience when you make contact with them. You know, sometimes it can be uh, kind of a little tricky to determine if they're of the light or of the dark because you run across you run across both, right? But I, I, what I learned is by asking them the question if they are of the light. Mm-hmm. You know, if they are of the light, they say yes. But for some reason, those those dark entities cannot say yes to that. They like freak out. Yeah, you know, it, it like disturbs them almost. You know, but they can't. Mm-hmm. They cannot answer that with a yes. They can't lie about it. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Every time it never fails, you know. And then I, then I just go on about my business, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, um, but it's it's uh, man, it's it's, it's, now, it's an experience, man. That's yeah. the best way to. <laughs> yeah. Now, like you mentioned there, that the darker entities do not like that light. And of course, um, I've uh, done cleansing of homes of the darker entities, uh, some, like I said, I'll call them demons and stuff like that. But I go into uh-huh. each location with a white light surrounding my whole body. I, um, go in with no fear and they hate that white light. They hate that. I don't have no fear of them and they run right. from me. Or they'll they'll try to affect me the best that they can, but they can't do much. And um, so, I mean, that's why I've a lot of times I've gotten called in before even a Catholic priest would be called into a situation where like an exorcism of a place would be required, just because of uh, me go, being surrounded by that white light, being going into a location with no fear and everything like that to cleanse that situation. Now, of course, when I do that cleansing, it's up to the people of that location to keep that darkness out because I can't keep coming back. But, um, (laughs) but I mean, it's up to them and I try to help them the best that I can to have that white light surrounding their environment, their home, their person, everything like that. So, Yes. But I wanted to, I'm leading into another question and everything like that. Because in your podcast, in episode five, you talked to a guest uh, by the name of, uh, went by the name of Chick. And uh, you talked about yes. multiverses, parallel dimensions, and stuff like that, uh, and everything like that. And I wanted to give your take on could, um, like, the um, spirits be from those multi-universes or parallel dimensions and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. They're they're everywhere, man. They're here on Earth. They're in all dimensions, without doubt. Without doubt, man. Yeah. Without Uh, doubt. Now, where those spirits originated from, that's, that's, that's that's a different question, right? Um, you know, when you, when you, when you talk about like the book of Enoch and, and the fallen angels and mm-hmm. different things like that, um, my, my opinion is, uh, a lot of the evil spirits that, that, uh, that are going around today, 
mm-hmm. uh, or somehow, some way uh, affiliated to come from those those fallen angels. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, but just to, to get your to answer your question, they they yeah they they are everywhere, man. Uh, yeah. And I've seen them. You know, during yeah. my ayahuasca ceremony, I saw a demon. Yeah, you know, um, guy guy came tapped me on the shoulder. Uh, probably about in fact, probably I can't remember which night it was. One, two, or three. It's probably night one actually. It's the first mm-hmm. night, and uh, you know, I'm having these visions. I had a lot of visions there. A lot of visions during my my ceremony. But I'm having these visions, and this guy comes tapping on the shoulder, and moves mm-hmm. the bag from my head, and, and that's kind of, uh, you know, it's dark. I have my eyes closed, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to fix my vision. But the first thing I remember him saying is. You want some basil water, it goes really good with the ayahuasca. And as he was saying that, my vision became clear, and I saw his face. This guy, man, his, I saw a demon on this guy's shoulders, man. His hand was a demon's face, a demon's head. That's like my, that's the person, looked like a demon, like, crazy. Now, I've seen entities, obviously, you know, during my astral travels, out-of-body experiences, but, like, this is my first time seeing it demon like and obviously a demon is an entity as well but i had never yeah. seen anything like this and i i politely said no thank you cover <laughs> yeah. back over my head continue doing what i was doing uh but yeah I, I i heard a lot of demons that night too that, that was crazy man yeah i had an experience one time with one um i was at a location to cleanse the home and uh, like i mentioned it's up to the person to um, keep that darkness out while they were messing with the darker side of the cult because um, I had cleansed the home and we were back again. Um, but this lady was kicking out her sister out of her house and she was fine. And then out of the kind of out of the corner, not quite out of the corner of my eye, but out of the corner of my eye, I saw these red glowing eyes behind this garage and it went and jumped into her and automatically wow. her demeanor changed and I knew it was yeah. uh, this darker entity saying get out of here I don't want you here I'm afraid of your light I'm afraid of your, your no fear um, and of course I couldn't do much more um, uh, because in private location it's up to them if they want this done or not <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, they they messed with the darker side of the cult, and they let it back in. So there's much more I can do. I can do it once, and if you continue to be stupid and allow it back in, <laughs> that's on you. Uh, I can do the best that I can to help get rid of it from a distance, but yeah, <laughs> I wasn't doing much more after that. Oh, excuse me. Now, uh, in that one episode, uh, episode five, um, let's get into like the Mandela effect. Um, have you, uh, tell us about any experiences that you've had with the Mandela effect. Cause she mentioned, a, we, a lot of times gloss things over when we see something different than we perceived it before. Now, do you think, uh, we could possibly be switching between parallel universes? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, now, during my out-of-body experiences, astral travel, etc., I, I haven't noticed anything in regards to the Mandela effect, but um, the only thing I can think of that, that comes to mind 
is I there's this crystal shop that I go to, my wife and I go to in, in Tempe here in Arizona. And uh, our very first time there, we, we noticed how the how the building was, was set up, right? Um, we, we walk in and, you know, it's a beautiful area with oh, literally thousands of different crystals on the shelves and throughout the, throughout the store. Straight to the back was this, like, open space, open area. And back there they had, like, drums and uh, sound bowls and they had some guy back there doing energy work, right? So this is like literally you walk in, it's straight to the back. Okay, this is kind of cut off, you know, like a drape or something like that. And pretty nice size room. Imagine some good size, decent size basement, right? Really, 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 really nice size area. You know, straight to the back. Fast forward, I don't know, a month later, we go to the same crystal shop. We walk in. We're there a few minutes. Then I noticed that before where that room was is now a brick wall. Wow. With a, yeah, with, it was like a door to like a, a, a door leading outside, you know? Yeah. And then I look around now off to the other side of the building is that area. Wow. And this is, I'm talking probably 20, 30 feet away. And my wife and I both specifically, I listened to her, and she kind of freaked out. And, and I said, because remember, when we, because when we, I, I don't know, the energy guy that was in there, he, he did something where he had these, I forgot what they call but it's like this, like this metal pong almost, and it vibrates, and this energy thing. And pretty much what he can do is, is be able to tell you how far your, your energy or your aura goes, you know. And, but I remember I was backing up. He's like, okay, keep backing up, keep backing up. And I was backing up from that room. And, you know, he had me first, he started, he had me start near the front door. And I remember walking uh -huh. straight. My wife remembers me walking straight. And then right when the thing was closer, I got the thing started to move. And then I guess that tells you where your, your aura, your energy starts, how far it projects out. Wow. But yeah, man, I mean, the building had literally changed. It uh -huh. literally changed. It was crazy. You know, and so that was, I think, my only experience regarding the Mandela effect that I've never had. But I definitely find the, the Mandela effect very interesting. I definitely believe in it. I mean, it, it's so obvious. Even in scripture, a lot of, some of, a lot of the scripture hasn't changed as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask about that and more about the Mandela effect. But we are at the last commercial break of the night. So we'll be right On a cold February morning in Indianapolis, Tony Karitsis woke up got dressed, loaded his sawed-off shotgun, and drove to his bank. He wasn't there to steal anything. He was there to take his life back. American Hostage is a new podcast starring me, John Hamm, that tells the true story of one man who channeled the rage of a nation and took justice into his own hands. Follow American Hostage wherever you get your podcasts, or you can binge all eight episodes right now on Amazon Music or Wondery+. Plus. Moving day means that you and the things that matter to you are in for a big transition. There's a lot to figure out. New closets, different counter space, change of floor plan. No worries. CubeSmart is here, so you have a place for everything. It's our job to make self-storage as easy as possible. Online or in person, this is a self-storage experience that puts the focus on you because you matter to us. With self-storage that fits seamlessly into your life, you'll have plenty of peace of mind to unpack along the way. Click now to find a self-storage solution near you. Back talking more about that and, of course, phone calls and questions in the chat. We'll be right back. 
Today, got nothing new to talk about, got nothing new to say. Anyway, I fell in love with a girl downtown, then she walked away. That heart of coal, the sticks and stars, they put me here. Do you need music for your radio show, podcast, or YouTube channel but need a music license to play it on your show? Well, go to artlist.io and check out the plans they have. They have three plans to choose from, personal, unlimited, and enterprise. All the music that you hear on the show is from Artlist, and there is a banner ad on the show's website. Check it out today. Do you love the strange, unusual, and weird, unexplained mysteries? Do you like reading about the paranormal and other happenings? Well, I have the website for you, unexplainedmysteries.com. On there you will find so much such as the latest news and articles, forums, news with video, and so much more. That's unexplained-mysteries.com, or you can click on the banner ad on the show's website to take you right there. Do you love history? Do you wonder what happened on this day in history? Well, check out history.com forward slash this day in history and find out what happened on this day in recorded history. You can also click on the image on the Talk of the Night website under this day in history and check out one of the many things that happened. The show's website lists a different event in history every day, so check it out today. Now back to Talk in the Night with your host, Paranormal Phil. Okay, and we are back with my guest, Justin Williams. Now, again, the phone lines are open. If you want to call in and ask a question, my guest, uh, use the Skype name, Talk in the Night, or by phone at 817-717-1280. Or go over to Spreaker.com, sign up for a free account, don't cost anything, you don't have to record anything, chat with me during the show, uh, there's a little chat bar when you click on the live show and uh, you can chat with me or ask a question in there if you don't feel like calling. Now, let's get back into um, uh, the Mandel Effect because it, when I heard that episode, it made me think of something. 
and most people have heard of doppelgangers and thinking about parallel universes makes me think, could that be us from a parallel universe? And I wanted to get your take on something like that. So you're saying, could what be us from a parallel universe? Yeah, like like we know it's like doppelgangers, people that look like us. Could it be us? Oh, that, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. They they come here, and we're there yeah. <laughs> as well. Um, excuse me. No I remember way. I was talking to Tom Campbell, the guy I mentioned earlier, the dude who's a physicist. He, uh, he's been doing the out-of-body um, experiences for, man, for like 40-plus years, right? And when you, when you said that, he, it reminded me of a story he told where he had a body experience where he went to another uh, realm, dimension, planet, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, he said it was like almost like Earth. And he was able to, um, I guess the best way for me to say it is possess a body. He had possession of a body. But he said, you know, he's done that a lot, but every time he requests to do that, the, the permission is not granted. He says you have to ask source. Like yeah. God gives you directive on that. Like mm. you know, he has to he has to you know okay yeah. that check off on that. Mm. But yeah, he's actually gone to other dimensions and been in bodies. He can just walk around and experience different things. And then when it's time to go, he he goes. But um, you know, I, I'm of the thought, Philip, you know, anything is possible, man. Mm. You know, I, I really, I, I don't get into to limitation for, for much, mm. right? So can we, is it possible we can go to these parallel parallel dimensions where things may just be slightly off and have an experience over there? Absolutely, man. No, no doubt about it. I could definitely see that, that happening. Maybe that's what happened to me in the crystal shop. Maybe I slipped into the other other world for miles away. My wife and I, you know, uh, you know. And, and the, the question is, once you go there, how long you're there, and how do you get back, or when do you go back if you go back? You know? Yeah, uh, uh, we, it's possible. I, I could be in a whole whole other dimension now. Ever since my out of body, uh, I'm sorry, my near death experience is it's four years old, right? Maybe yeah. in some other dimension, I died. You know, yeah. <laughs> who knows, man. Yeah, and of course, uh, talking about parallel universes, uh, it also begs the question, could we also be living in assimilation, too? Oh, no doubt. Without question. That's exactly what that is. This is, rather. Mm. That's exactly what this is, man. I'm I'm, I'm totally all about it, without doubt. You know, kind of when I was talking, uh, similar to when I was talking about uh, Source earlier, when I was mentioning the, the data and you know, the information that's being gathered, you know, I think that is all, all a part of it, man. Yeah. It's, it's everything is just formulas and calculations that are able to provide this experience that we're having, whether it be look, touch, feel, see, uh, you know, after all, mm. in my opinion is that this isn't even the real world, right? The real world is the spiritual world. Is yeah. that, that, that doesn't end, right? That's that's infinite. That's forever. Where being here on this planet is is, is, is limited. Now we can have unlimited experiences, right? Based mm-hmm. off what we've been talking about this evening, but um, everybody doesn't have that. It's only for those that have 
eyes to see and ears to hear, you know, that, that awareness. Yeah. You know, um, so. Now, I know there are people that uh, believe in portals to the spirit world, and you talked about uh, uh, parallel. We talked about parallel universes and stuff like that. And I'm wondering if they're the one and the same, basically, um, uh, that we walk through like uh, like it would be like if I was walking through a doorway and I'd just go into a, another. Uh, universe or a parallel universe or even through a portal to the spirit world and, and of course maybe we're when we have like out of body experiences or near death experiences uh, that we're walking through that portal to the spirit world oh I believe so absolutely man absolutely I think when we when we die whether when this body dies and, and we we make it to that other side you know obviously you know most people stay there, but some people do come back for various reasons, right? So they flatline, go in there and have an experience and then come back. But either way, uh, without doubt, you know, there, I believe there's a portal that, that opens up, man. And uh, at that point, your your spirit takes over. Your spirit, you know, the body's mm-hmm. gone. And, and the spirit then, then travels and goes through that portal. You know, yeah. when, they, when they leave, when it leaves this this dimension, yeah. you know, they're really, you know, just going, going back, back home because we, yeah. we've all been here forever anyway. Yeah. You know, just like the source has, you know, we, we've all been here forever. So that's, that's home. You know, we, we just, when we take these, this form of these, these avatars, these meat suits, these bodies, we, we have this, uh, this amnesia where we can't, it's, it's very challenging to get, get through or to remember, you know, but you know, we, we do sometimes, you know, it's, no, no such thing as coincidence, you know. Yeah. You have those little 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 things, little thoughts that hit you. You know, you, you get something right, you know, it's because you, you've seen it all before anyway. So. Yeah. Now I like asking all my guests one devil's advocate question. <laughs> uh just to throw them <laughs> off their game basically. Uh I, I do that to everybody. But um now what are the chances that all the experiences that you've had were just constructs of the mind. Nothing was really real. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe that's the case. Um, though I believe that anything is possible. Uh, but the experiences I've had, um, my relationship with the father, um, and the way things have changed, the way life has happened for me, uh, it's no doubt in my mind that it is something greater at play here. You know, um, I just was able to get to the point where I found a key to a gateway, if you will. Yeah. And that came with awareness, that came with knowing how to deal with fear, and that came with intention as well. Because remember, I went through this period with a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things happening in my adulthood as well. It wasn't trauma, but a lot of things happened in my, my life because of the experiences I had as a child mm-hmm. to come into a point where 2020 hits and I'm introduced to meditation. And I start having all these experiences. I go skydiving. Mm-hmm. And I started a podcast in December of 2020. And then... Um, I had the ayahuasca experience. You know, I was led to write a book. 
and I was led to start a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And again, it's been this rebirth. Remember, I said at the beginning, the first step of understanding who you become comes with the death of who you were. Yeah. So that person from that person pre twenty twenty doesn't exist. This is like a, a new person here, you know now. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me to have been like a introverted guy and very quiet to stepping outside of my comfort zone and, you know, having a voice and, and learning about self. Now I know a lot about self, you know, and then it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and God has been leading me through it all, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like with the podcast, man, it's, it's been an amazing experience, but it's, like I said, it's cost me to step outside of my comfort zone, right? Yeah. And the way the way it's going, man, like I I, I think I have a pretty good show, right? Yeah, I've been blessed. I, I noticed uh, one. Ge- I noticed one guest on there that, I mean, uh, everybody, uh, especially around my age and your age, uh, knows about, it, and that's Tommy Chong. I was like, wow, that that's a yeah. great guest. Yeah, to man. Have on. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I, I had Tommy Chong. I know you're familiar with David Ike. I've mm-hmm. interviewed David Icke. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked about Tom Campbell, um, Robert Kennedy Jr., um, a guy named Chris Boss, who is a former FBI uh, chief of international negotiations. He, he was the first uh, New York bombing case. He was the lead on that when they bombed the building, the the, the, yeah. uh, the Twin Towers, the basement, rather. So mm-hmm. I've been blessed, man. You know, and, and see, these are kind of experiences that, no, it's not a constructive of mine. It's something here that's propelling me to do it. I mean, I'm a published author, and, and, by the, and you know, I don't want anyone to think it's the wrong way. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but yeah. me doing these things are something that I would have never imagined. Yeah, no, there's myself uh, doing two two years yeah. ago, man. It's something at play here, man. You know, it really is. And even with my nonprofit, can tell it, man. This is an yeah. organization in which I, I I provide mentoring, right, and, and, and life coaching, and um, helping people. Who have dealt with trauma, yeah. and that's the purpose of my book for people to use it as a as a template. Man, I'm not in it for the money. I mean, it's ten bucks, eleven bucks. Yeah, you know, I, I want people to use it as a template because I go yeah. very deep. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into it about you know everything I went through, and and, and I'm also um, starting to help the homeless with Pangelic as well, man. I'm giving back. I'm at the point in life where I want to use my gifts to help others, man. Yeah, you know, that's all I want to do. Yeah, like me, I'm trying to build my show back up again with the listening audience and everything like that. Because there's people that I want to have guests on my show to talk about. I'm talking some bigger name guests um, that um, I know one, I know it's going to be a pain in the butt trying to get him on the show. But because uh, I've heard that he does not like to do shows, but I still want to have him on is Dan Aykroyd. To pick his brain on the paranormal, um, I want to have like. And I tell you what, you can do it, Philip. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but you can do it. Yeah. And if I've learned anything, in fact, that was one of the lessons I learned uh, during my ayahuasca ceremony night one. Night one, the first night, I learned manifestation. This is the Father speaking to me, right? Mm. Manifestation is real. The power of the mind is unbelievable. Doing that first night, I was able to create my own reality based on my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And when I was not focused on the Father, is when all that chaos and confusion went, uh, just went, you know, yeah. went free. And, and I was paying attention to that, and that's when that fear 
wanted to creep in. Now, remember, I said I, I learned how to control fear. I said, I didn't say it doesn't come. It tries yeah. me all the time, but I learned how to control it, right? But then once I focused back in the Father, I was able to regain my focus, and it was like I was in the eye of the storm and didn't have a worry in the world. Yeah. And I was able to greatly minimize that chaos. But, man, you, you can have Dan Aykroyd on your show, brother. Yeah. You can do it. Oh, yeah. You like, can, like, can manifest that. Like, right like there's a big-name guest. That's with it, intention. Yeah, there's a bigger name guest on my friends list. Uh, he runs the Cryptozoology Museum uh, in Portland, Maine, and everything like that. I, I tried to get him on my show, but uh, I guess he was busy with something, so he couldn't make it. But I'm going to work on getting him back on. That's Lauren Coleman. Um, I want to try and get Dr. Michio Kaku on theory, uh, relative theory. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and everything like that. Uh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but uh, but Dr. Michio Kaku, um, uh, Glennis McCants, uh, and some bigger name guests that uh, you would find on bigger name shows and stuff like that. And I know I can do it. Uh, it's just a matter yeah, of getting the listenership back up and everything like that since I'm ju I just recently started the show back up on March 21st. So I got to build that back up before I can get those bigger name guests, before I can get the uh, paying advertisers. Uh, I got like uh -huh. one uh, that's kind of more of affiliate, but uh, and I make a uh, little bit off of the sales from it. But otherwise, most of my commercial breaks are about my products or are like one uh, I tell people support my guests uh, uh, um, books or products that they're promoting because without them I would have no show <laughs> uh, and of course with, without yeah. listeners I would have no show either uh, so I mean I could do a show yeah. just me talking but uh, why <laughs> uh, if yeah. nobody's gonna listen um but real quick, I want to talk about your book, um, just to kind of, because we're almost running out of time. Um, you got your book, In the Eye of the Father. Uh, why did you uh, write the book? I think you mentioned that the, the inspire people, give them a template and everything like that. Well, because I, I struggled for so long with communication, right? Because I was never able to express myself in my youth, which caused me to grow up not being able to express myself because I was muddled, you know, because I was controlled and going through my rebirth, the spirit spoke and said to write a book, you know, um, now I can talk. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to speak up. I became a better, I became a better communicator. Right. And, you know, again, as you mentioned, it being a template, but this is my, my voice my way to communicate with the world, you know, and it, it was definitely a uh, part of my continued healing, man. You know, I've done a whole lot of healing, you know, mm. by no means am I perfect. You know, yeah. I still have a lot Nobody of things. Is. <laughs> just when you think you, that's right. Just when you think you, you've conquered something and, and you're moving forward and, and you have that awareness, here comes something else, another layer that you have to peel back, that you have to work on, that you have to be better at in regards to self, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a never ending practice, but, uh, yeah, a lot of, you know, reasons for writing the book, man, not only to help others, but to help myself as well. So, yeah. so it's basically uh, all about your journey through life, through your faith and everything like that. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and, and the title in the eye of the father, I mean, everything I've experienced in my life up until this point, and, you know, also in, in what's to come, you know, uh, been right there in, in his eye, mm. you know, that he's, he's, been, he's been looking at me, he's been protecting me, he's been guiding me, you know, in the eye of the father, you know, and, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, talked about my faith, mm. you know, even all, all the things I went through with my biological father, mm. you know, I never stopped loving him, I never stopped respecting him, and uh, never held a grudge against him at all. Yeah. And I was there with him up until the day he died. You know, yeah. he got became very sick before he died, and he lost a lot of weight. And I had to literally go live with him uh, for his, you know, uh, had to bathe him. I had to uh, feed him. I had to take him to the doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. And he said something very interesting to me because he knew he was dying, and he went on this forgiveness marathon, forgiving, asking forgiveness from everyone he had done wrong in life. And, mm-hmm. Obviously, he did that with me, and uh, he told me something very, very interesting that will stick with me forever. He said, oh, I thought I was a man, uh, you know, raising me the way I did. I didn't do any better. Uh, please forgive me. He said, but uh, through this experience, everything I put you through, I couldn't realize you're the real man because here you are taking care of me now at my weakest point. Yeah. Even though I put you through hell all of your life for, for a good majority of your life. He's like, you don't have to do what you do. Yeah. And a lot of people would not. And I just say, well, I just, I do it. I don't know that, you know, yeah. 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 I know all about that. I mean, uh, like my parents, I was, uh, um, I took care of my mom for six years, uh, until she passed away. Uh, like me, I was at home, uh, was, uh, helping my dad around the house and everything. Cause my mom was in a uh, nursing home for rehabilitation. <laughs> And, um, for her knees and stuff like that and her health. And he had had a heart attack and of course he never uh, came out of it. But, um, I was there to actually give him CPR and uh, I prolonged his life a little bit just so that way my mom and my sister and me could all say goodbye. Um, but I mean, even through all the hell that, they put me through, I still um, was there for them. There you go. And it's, it's great honor in that. You know, there, there's some something greater than us that uh, that we're a part of that recognizes that. And that, that was a, not only a great experience for you and them, but it was a great experience for mm-hmm. that, that consciousness, that greater consciousness that lives in you. Mm-hmm. That's excellent, man. Yeah. Now, uh, where can people find out more about you, your podcast, and that uh, organiz- uh, that um, organization that you were talking about? Yeah, so, you know, I have my website. Not, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, they have the website on there. It, uh, it has all my episodes, uh, you know, people that have been on my show and shows I've been on as well, and... Uh, all the links are there as well. That it will take it to my, uh, you know, I have my Instagram, I have my Facebook page, Twitter accounts, so all the major YouTube channel, all the major uh, social media platforms, if you will. Now, uh, because of my content with the <laughs> with the YouTube, uh, they, they don't like my content. So I've been off YouTube now for a couple months, but you can find all my podcasts on all the major podcast streaming sites as well as Rumble. As well, you know, you get to talk about the, the jab and C nineteen. Oh, you know, trust you know, me, you, I, you I know. If you don't, I, if you, 
I've been shadow banned. Yeah, if you don't go along with, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. If you don't go along with the program, you know they don't like that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah, all, all you can find episodes on all the major websites. My book is the Out of Father and Memoir of Faith and Redemption. Uh, that can be found at Amazon, eleven ninety nine for the paperback, twenty one ninety nine for the for the hard hard cover. Tangelic, mm-hmm. um, uh, my organization that I started last year, that I am finally at the point now where I'm uh, able to really build it up. You know, last year, December twenty is when I started the podcast and got everything rolling with the podcast through twenty one, and now my, my 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 next is my baby. Next thing I'm going to really put a lot of attention to is, is Tangelic which is a phenomenal organization. Uh, the website is uh, is being built uh, right now, so it's under construction. And uh, But I do have an email, Tangelic Life, uh, support at tangeliclife.org. Uh, later this month, I'll be working with an organization here in the Phoenix area called uh, Funds for Empowerment, and their organization, a nonprofit, that uh, what they do, they support the homeless people without a home. Uh, but more so on the policy side, right, in compliance. So they make sure the uh, city and the state are in compliance in regards to the rights of homeless people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm something that's very passionate to my heart uh, dealing with the homeless. I have a brother yeah. who's homeless for uh, many years in L.A. and was good role before he got his life together, you yeah. know. Uh, but he's been sober now and, and, and with the home for, like, uh, for a very long time, you know. Yeah, so, I know all about uh, L.A. Yeah, and yeah, bro. <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh, so, so later in uh, just actually next week, uh, we're going to help them design a um, project that they'll be launching next month. They, they have a uh, leadership, individual group leadership uh, program that they'll launch. So I'm going to help them put that together and uh, help them work with that uh, as well. That project next month when it launches, um, I, you know, I did a, did an interview recently. Uh, um, the news, news organization publication out of, uh, out of D.C. You can find that online. Just Google Justin Williams Tangelic and come up with a whole article about me as well. But uh, that should do it, man. You know, I'm right. down to the book and social media sites, websites, etc. So. Alright, well thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your story and uh, talking about all the stuff that we talked about tonight. Hey, thank you for having me, man. This is great. I really appreciate you, Philip. Uh, and uh, for all of my listeners, uh, t- join me tomorrow night at the uh, same time, same bat channel, <laughs> um, tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Central Time, as I welcome my guest, Nick Peace, all the way across the pond from uh, London, England, as we talk about life after death. We'll be talking about his new book, Revelation, a thrilling novel about life after death, which talks about two scientist friends who are working on a top-secret device for the CIA, named, codename Revelation. So that's tomorrow night show. Also, be sure to like, subscribe, and follow me on all my social media sites, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, uh, LinkedIn, and, of course, YouTube. And also, um, uh, go over to talkingthenight.com, support the show by... Uh, purchasing books for my guests and everything like that. Uh, go to my merch store. I got nine different designs up there for uh, different uh, products, shirts, uh, men's and women's uh, wear, um, drink wear, home 
decor, stuff like that. So check that out. Support the show. And until tomorrow night when I welcome my guest, Nick Pease, as we talk about life after death. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank my guests for coming on the show. And until then, I shall see you on the dark side. Good night from Talking the Night. Darkness has fallen Turn on the radio And you hear him talking Listening what he has to say All about the paranormal And all other things When he sounds off You can hear him say See you on the dog The new Macy's Backstage opens Saturday inside Macy's Chandler Fashion Center. Here's the deal. Our name says Macy's, but Macy's Backstage has totally different finds at incredibly low prices. Think the latest looks, home decor, toys, and more, all for less. Plus, Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. So join us Saturday, April 23rd inside Macy's Chandler Fashion Center at the new Macy's Backstage. Off price, on trend, arriving daily. More at Macy'sBackstage.com.